Live the title in town of Chicago. When you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Jamie Uretzky coming to you on a sunny, beautiful day in Overland Park. You could play baseball at Royal Stadium today. It would be a great day for the season opener. But that's not going to happen for a couple of weeks. So uh, until April 2nd, when the Royals take the field for their home opener, uh, until then, we're going to just have to see how bad the weather can get. I mean, today would be a picturesque day to head to the K for a cookout. Bratwurst, polska, kielbasa, some onions, some green peppers, have some good cold beer, a little uh, barbecue maybe, and then on to the ball game. Will the Royals, after the first week, be in first place? Uh, you never know. Uh, will the Royals be in first place at the end of the year? Uh, you do know. Uh, ain't going to happen. Sorry to disappoint you. Although from the last podcast till today, I can name at least, I think, three starters. I got Danny Duffy right last time. Then I think there's a guy named Keller who pitched last year. Then I think there's a guy named Juden, maybe? I don't know. I could look at their depth chart, but, you know, I think the White Sox and the Twins are going to run away with this. The Indians should be better. It's going to be a pretty good race in the Central Division of the American League. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pumped up about baseball. And uh, in the last podcast, that was a few days ago. wasn't quite that pumped up. Uh, You know, feeling a bit under the weather back then, but I'm feeling good now. And uh, we are getting ready to head up to Chicago. Then we're going to go out to the East Coast, visit a new granddaughter, Bryn. Can't wait to see and meet Bryn, my new granddaughter. That'll be exciting. And from there, we go back to Kansas City, get ready for the season, and on to Milwaukee for the opening weekend of Cubs baseball, and then take on the Comiskey Park or Cell Field or whatever it's called. Anyway, we're going to go there and watch the uh, Kansas City Royals take on the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, that should be a fun, fun day at the ballpark, and I'm looking forward to that. Finally, somebody managing the Royals that's not named Ned. Anyway, this is our fifth episode of the new year, and a couple of the episodes, the early episodes are pretty good. I mean, I gotta say, humbly, uh, they're pretty good. I need to uh, get some sponsors, I need to get a marketing director, I need to spread the word. So, you know, You guys can all spread the word, too. And ladies, I've got a number of ladies that listen in. And uh, spread the word. We are on Spotify, we are on SoundCloud, and we are on Apple iTunes. So get the word out. Let's see. Let's get get a big, big audience for this upcoming year because this is going to be great. 2020 the race for the World Series, and it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. We're going to be looking at some of the division races here pretty soon. But there are some sobering activities that will happen as a result of, and we can't get away from this. I know this is uh, the lighter side of baseball, and I don't mean to be bringing it down with talk of pandemic proportions, pandemic illness sweeping the world, Uh, Italian baseball, postponed, Japanese baseball, postponed, Seattle baseball, postponed, 
Not funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. It isn't funny. Now, if you listen to certain cable news networks, uh, this is nothing more than the cold. And if you listen to some of the uh, politicians, uh, you know, 30 people might get it and then it'll disappear. Uh, Wrong-o. We got a major league problem on our hands, and I hope that this does not preclude my enjoying baseball on a number of different fronts. So don't mean to delve into the politics because I am anything but political. I'm apolitical, if that's a word. Uh, I don't want to alienate it. You know, I've only got a few people that listen, and I'm sure not going to want to alienate because of some ridiculous political beliefs that I have or they have. I'm not going to get into that because it doesn't have a thing to do with baseball. However, some games are not going to happen at the venues that they were supposed to happen at. And uh, the first one comes on the first weekend of the season where the Seattle Mariners, I believe, are entertaining or were scheduled to entertain the Texas Rangers. The governor of the great state of uh, Washington has indicated that there will be no large gatherings, and even as dismal as the attendance might get in some venues, generally open days of very well-attended activity. And, uh, man, I mean, it's just going to be weird. Where will it stop? How are we going to get a handle on this uh, pandemic? And uh, when will the uh, effect be felt by Major League Baseball? Hopefully we can just get on through all this without forfeiting any games, without closing any venues, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Already there have been some fairly significant developments in Major League Baseball. Uh, Autographs are pretty much out the window. Uh, The players have been instructed not to uh, take um, pins from fans, not to take balls from fans, Uh, maybe they should wear gloves, like vinyl gloves, and and then they might be better off. But um, the league has suggested photographs. Well, you know, you get pretty close to somebody to get a selfie. Don't think that's a good idea. And uh, the major leagues have banned access to the locker rooms from anybody outside the organization. The media is not allowed to go in. They're going to have a designated place outside of the locker room where the media will be. And, um, you know, it's going to be a development, but we will get through it. Baseball will get through it. The United States will get through it. And uh, we will all be, hopefully, uh, carrying immunity from the coronavirus for years to come. And, uh, you know, hopefully a vaccine will be found pretty rapidly. And uh, not too much of the baseball season will be affected. But we don't know. I mean, they are closing schools in certain areas. They are stopping gatherings in certain areas and political rallies. It'll be interesting to see what happens in November if this is still going on, but hopefully it won't be. And uh, what can I say? Why dwell on this when we can dwell on other things? And some of those other things that I think we want to talk about today are things that I talk about a lot of times. Remember last year we were talking about the um, 100-year celebration, not really a celebration, of the Black Sox scandal and uh, the event that the movie Eight Men Out 
uh, came into being from with Buck Weaver and Al Cicotti and Joe Jackson and some others. Remember, we talked about a couple of those players from the team that didn't cheat are in the Hall of Fame. Now, compare that with the Houston Astros. Those guys all cheated. A, they should be out of baseball, and B, they never should get into the Hall of Fame. And C, since they didn't get thrown out, what do you say about Pete Rose? Should we get Pete Rose back into the uh, good graces of baseball? And, uh, you know, I had a hard line stance against Pedro. But uh, right now, let him in. Let Joe Jackson in. Let Bonds, Clemens. I think they're, they're only, uh, I think Kurt Schilling was the only active player, not selected or active, eligible player. He was the only guy that was eligible for the Hall of Fame that wasn't selected that had uh, the highest vote total of the losers. And so Schilling finished right above Clements, who finished right above Bonds, who finished right above that great shortstop from the Cleveland Indians, Omar Vizquel. And Omar Vizquel should be in the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. I think he'll get in. Now, will Schilling get in? You know, and does anybody care? I do. So it's my show. I get to talk about it a little bit. I love the Hall of Fame. If anybody has the opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame, and uh, hopefully I get to do a podcast from the Hall of Fame, I'd love to go back to the Hall of Fame. I have only been there twice. Need to go back again because it is unbelievably great. And uh, in keeping with that, next year's vote, the people that are newly eligible, there's no Derek Jeter. There's nobody that's going to get in on the first vote. But I think Mark Burley ought to get in if and when Kurt Schilling gets in. So maybe they'll both get in this year. Maybe Vizquel will get in this year. They have had only, in my memory, one occasion where nobody got in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think that'll happen this time. I think that um, somebody's going to get in. Now, I also think that um, in addition to Vizquel and in addition to Burley, um, there might be room for uh, Billy Wagner. He's a pretty good relief pitcher, so that was kind of fun. We're going to follow that a little bit. The Black Sox, you know, that was 100 years since the Black Sox scandal. This year, the 100-year celebration is way better, and that is of the existence of and the formation of the Negro Leagues. So every podcast, I'm going to try to pick somebody from the Negro League era to uh, talk about and uh, not get too specific with respect to his statistics, but, man, there are some really, really great players that were in the Negro Leagues. And, uh, in fact, some of those great players, and I'm going to list them for you, some of those great players um, made it into the Major League uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. And so maybe it's not the Major League Hall of Fame, it's the Baseball Hall of Fame, but it's pretty much full of major leaguers. Let me read to you some of these guys because, number one, uh, we're going to talk about them as the year goes on, celebrating not only 
Black History Month, which was last month, but the 100-year uh, celebration of the Negro League Museum right here in River City. And if you have a chance to get to Kansas City, let me tell you what. Everybody listening ought to come to Kansas City this year. They can stay at my house, no questions asked. They can attend a Royals game because I have season tickets. And I will gladly take them on the best barbecue tour in the history of barbecue tours. And then we'll kind of wind down at Papakino's for a little bit of pizza. Pizza by the slice. A slice bigger than your face. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we think we're close to inking a deal for Papakino's to sponsor on the lighter side of baseball. And if we do happen to get that deal done with my good friend and his entire family, it uh, might be the heavier side of baseball because, by God, I'm going to eat a lot of Papakino's pizza because they're really good. But before we do that, on this fan fest that I'm offering any listener for a trip to Kansas City, <clears throat> the barbecue will start out at, and you need me because I've eaten at the mall and it's more fun to go with me. Uh, maybe we even we'll do a podcast from my favorite number one place to eat that is and you have to pick the right day because not every day is as good as another day so number one 18th and brooklyn arthur bryant's no question there's no question about it man you get two sandwiches for the price of one they fill up your bread with enough beef to make a sandwich number two they put a ton of fries on the plate, and the fries are prepared in multi-level frying pans. So they start out at one temperature and fry it for a few minutes, and they take that into another frying pan for a few more minutes, and then a third one. So you got hot fries, you got hot beef, and you got really, really, really cold beer. And uh, they're in a better afternoon right before a ball game uh, than Arthur Bryant's, period. That is a great place. The second great place, and it is right on the way to the new ballpark, Arthur Bryant's is adjacent to where the old municipal stadium used to be. It's no longer there, but the barbecue's still there, and the barbecue's great. Getting hungry. Um, LC's is really, really good. Now, the health department will close LC's down from what I've heard. I can't vouch for that personally, but... Number one, you ought to check to make sure it's open. And number two, when you go in, if you're wearing gym shoes, tennis shoes, rubber-soled shoes, watch out. You could skid easily on the buildup of grease on the floor, but it's worth it. And then also, if you're a pyrotechnic freak, if you like fireworks, you'll love LCs because from time to time, the beef ignites. They have to get the garden hose and spray it down. So good. The sausage is unbelievable, and uh, the barbecue beef is really good. So those are my first two. Then Oklahoma Joe's, which is now Joe's of Kansas City, out of the gas station. you got to go to the original one. That's pretty good, and uh, it's really good. But you got to eat it there. Don't take it out. When you take it out every mile, you go from Oklahoma Joe's restaurant. The beef deteriorates a little bit. doesn't taste as good. Uh, Q39 is the new... Uh, choice of yuppies in Johnson County, and, um, you know, there's some other ones. The Woodyard Barbecue, 
BB's Longside Barbecue, uh, Bullet Barbecue. They're all good. Uh, my ribs are really as good as any of those ribs, with the exception of Oklahoma Joe's has some really good ribs. So uh, this is turning into the heavier side of baseball because when you go and you eat at all these places, they're so good. And barbecue and baseball go hand in hand. And that brings me to my next thing that we can do. If you do come into Kansas City, we can tailgate one day. And we can make our own good food. Uh, burgers, brats, Polska, kielbasa, and um, you name it. Maybe stop at Jack Stacks for the best beans in the world. And, uh, you know, that would be a great day before the Royals shut out their opponent. And, you know, hope springs eternal as I tried to stumble around in one of the earlier podcasts. Uh, man, oh man, you never know. They could get hot. They can play 500 baseball and uh, surprise everybody, including me. However, I digressed. God, that was a great digression, though. I mean, nothing makes me happier than baseball except for maybe barbecue. And if you take barbecue out to the ballpark, you got it made. Now, let's get back to, uh, before we get into the Hall of Fame, let's get back into the Negro Leagues and some of the prominent players from the Negro Leagues that happened to be so good that even the stuffiest of the major league folks could not keep these legends out of the Hall of Fame because, frankly, they were every bit as good, if not better than, the Ty Cobbs, Tris Speakers, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig's, Mickey Mantles of the world. So that's saying a lot. And they, they played in front of tons of people. Now, it... <laughs> It's one of the things that frustrates me more than anything, and that is how popular professional baseball, and I'm including the Negro League because that was every bit as good as Major League Baseball, so they say, how popular it was with the African-American community back in the 20s and the 30s. Uh, And if you go to the Negro League Museum, you'll be able to see the, the, they would play World Series, they'd play All-Star Games, they'd barnstorm, they'd fill Comiskey Park, 52,000 people. It would be filled with African-American fans, maybe not exclusively, but very predominantly. Uh, Sunday afternoon, it was traditional to go to church, go get some good food, and then head to the ballpark. That popularity doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's sad but true. Now, several owners of Major League Baseball teams whose name I won't go into have tried to convince me that I'm full of baloney, that certain teams cater to minority fans, African-American fans, Latino fans, and I just don't see it. I go to a lot of ball games. And the crowds are predominantly pretty waspy-looking crowds. No way around it. And I don't get it. Now, I think part of the problem is basketball. Part of the problem is the neighborhood games are basically basketball. Uh, It's cheaper. It's easier to play with a less number of people. And, uh, you know, the baseball has tried their RBI program, reviving baseball in in the inner city, which is great. Chicago White Sox have a premier program for 
having travel teams within their organization um, that move up through the assistance of the White Sox, but coached and attended games by the parents of the players. And it is one of the premier um, premier organizations. And perhaps we can speak to the owner of the White Sox about this program because it really is a good program. But getting back to the Negro League players that are in the Hall of Fame, the first one is the gentleman that we honored just a while ago, number 44, Hank Aaron. He did play in the um, Negro Leagues with the Indianapolis Clowns. You'll remember that Hank left home in Mobile, Alabama, had about $5 in his pocket, took a bus to, uh, uh, maybe it was a train. Anyway, he got up to Indianapolis, and somehow he, he played with and signed with the Indianapolis Clowns, who were not clowns at all. They were a good baseball team. And it didn't take long to figure out that Henry Aaron was one for the ages and became the best, the most prodigious, the most successful home run hitter in the history of baseball for those who did not ingest enhancement drugs, i.e. Barry Bonds. Number two, and these are in alphabetical order because I'm such a stickler for the alphabet. This guy was so good, and he had such a great name. I was going to say he had such a cool name, but his name, Cool Papa Bell. He played with the Homestead Grays, who are arguably the best team ever to be assembled in professional baseball. The Homestead Grays are not well you know, thought of or talked about uh, on podcasts or anything else, but... The Homestead Grays were so good. Numerous Hall of Famers and uh, gentlemen that we're going to talk more about. Um, they called him Charlie, Oscar Charleston. He was perhaps the greatest baseball player ever. How about that? But Cool Papa Bell, what a stud. And uh, then there was Oscar Charlton, who just has the most amazing resume. Played and managed for over 50 years. He, you know, ran the bases. He was aggressive. If there were, you know, everybody talks about five-tool guys, hit, hit for power, run, throw, field. This guy was a six-tool guy because he had that six-tool was his amazing intensity that he played the game with, the intensity that he loved to win, the intensity that he would go in Every place, everybody that played shortstop or second base when he was on the opposing team wore shin guards because he went in hard to second base the way the game was meant to be, not the way they play the game now. But Oscar Charleston is thought of as perhaps better than Babe Ruth, better than Ty Cobb, better than Tris Speaker, better than Lou Gehrig, better than Mickey Mantle, one of the greats to ever play, and he is in the Hall of Fame. Another player, Ray Dandridge, Leon Day, Martin DeHigo. Now this guy, we've talked about DeHigo, a Cuban fella that was spectacular, maybe every bit as good as Oscar Charleston. Those two guys 
I mean, there are about five or six guys that are all at the top. You know, I'd put Cool Papa there. I'd put Charleston there. I would put Martin DeHigo there. And I would, uh, I'm going to get to a couple of others that I think are right up there with Babe, Tris, Lou, Mickey. See, all these guys, man, you don't need two names when you're a stud. And in the Negro Leagues, they all, they all had nicknames, you know. They, I don't even know the nicknames, but, but uh, Bill James did, did his uh, nine or ten innings of baseball, and uh, Buck O'Neill became a, an instant celebrity because of his insight contribution and ability to tell a tale about the Negro League guys. Man, if you ever get a chance to listen, it's so cool. It's such a great history of baseball. And uh, Buck O'Neill, man, there's nothing like it. Old Buck, and again, I digress all the time, but when our family had the Omaha Royals, nobody had ever heard of Buck O'Neill. He sat out behind home plate with a radar gun. I think I've talked about him before. He and my uncle would shoot shoot the breeze for the whole game. Sometimes Gus would have him come in his office and, and you know, warm him up, give him a cup of coffee, get him back out there with his radar gun. He, former uh, first base coach, the first African-American coach in the major leagues with the Chicago Cubs. And what a delightful guy. Buck O'Neill, when I knew him from the Omaha Royals days, was uh, nobody knew who he was other than if you met him, you knew what a great guy was. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Got royally screwed by not getting in the Hall of Fame. And then died about a week after they decided not to put him in the Hall of Fame, but instead have a big statue over at the Hall of Fame and, a, and, and an award that they give out for Buck O'Neill. There's no better ambassador of Major League Baseball than Buck O'Neill was and... Hopefully, someday he'll get in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. Um, another guy, Rube Foster, big-time big time player at the Chicago American Giants, and maybe the best home run hitter this side of Babe Ruth, Josh Gibson, a catcher for who else? The Homestead Grays. The dude was so good. Monty Irvin uh, was, I believe, the president of the American League at some point. Great pitcher. Hall of Famer, uh, was a shortstop with the Newark Eagles. And then here's a great name. Now, how many guys would have this name today? This guy was a third baseman. He played for the Hilldale Daisies, and his name was Judy Johnson. How many guys named Judy have played Major League Baseball? And I'm guessing only zero. Buck Leonard... Pop Lloyd, the Say Hey Kid. Yes, he was with the Birmingham Black Barons for a while because Willie was from Birmingham, along with other Major League Baseball players like Tommy Agee, one of my favorites, played for the White Sox, Rome Center Field, played for the 69 Mets, won the World Series, Tommy Agee. Then the greatest pitcher maybe to ever live, pitcher who my uncle beat on occasion under an assumed name, playing barnstorming in Chicago, not wanting to lose his college eligibility, a guy named Satchel Page. Oh, my. Now, Satchel also played in the major leagues, has some pretty cool baseball cards, the 1953 Topps card is awesome with Satchel. And, oh, my God, did Buck O'Neill have a thousand stories about 
satchel page. And it's worth reading any kind of literature that talks about Buck and Satchel and their experiences. Because they not only played together, they roomed together. They And by rooming together, you're with the guy all the time. So he was a stud. Jackie Robinson, obviously, he played in the Negro Leagues with the Kansas City Monarchs before getting up to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, a guy named Hilton Smith, who was very famous and an owner, a uh, very famous owner. Uh, a guy named Turkey Stearns, uh, Willie Wells, and then one of my favorite names, Smokey Joe Williams, a pitcher with the New York Lincoln Giants. Now, all those guys are great ball players, and there are a lot of other ones that, um, you know, did not get into the Major League Hall of Fame. They're in the Negro League Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, some of those guys also have pretty cool, pretty cool nicknames. So I urge everybody to go to the Negro League Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame or the Negro League Museum. And if you come to Kansas City uh, and get on my barbecue tour, then, by goodness gracious, we will go down and go through the Negro League Museum. Now, people are going to listen to this, and uh, my wife in particular will say, you know, when you got on your podcast and you said if the Astros get to the World Series, you're going to take your brother. I did say that, and, uh, you know, true to my word, we did go to the World Series game, too. I've talked about that. I did not know that Astros were cheaters at the time. Unfortunately, I paid money to them to sit in the second row down the right field line but my brother and I had a great time. So that sort of recaps my overview of featuring the Negro League Museums this year, the Negro Leagues, the players. There's another guy, Double Duty Radcliffe. Oh, my. I mean, Double Duty. There were such cool names and such cool stories. I'm reading a book. I have not finished it, but I'm looking forward to... Uh, finishing the book, talking about it, and uh, the name of the book is Only the Ball Was White. It's a great book on the Negro League Baseball and all the great players, including the ones that I've talked about, and uh, so I'm excited to finish that book. I've started it a few times, but I'm not the greatest reader of the world. So, there you have it. That's one thing we'll be talking about. We're probably going to talk a little bit about Machado and Harper. Uh, Bryce got hit by a pitch today, and everybody's all concerned that he's going to be missing some games, but uh, I doubt it. The Phillies seem to be a pretty good team. It's going to be interesting to see how they like Joe Sergeant Giardi. Not to be confused with Sergeant Pepper. Giardi is a stickler for rules and discipline man and it's kind of funny to watch him try to be um you know modern guy it's kind of funny because he just he just doesn't come across as uh as a uh you know as kind of a fun guy like a david ross or a joe madden or um you know even like dusty baker i heard dusty interviewed what a great what a great uh guest Dusty is on these shows that are fortunate enough to have him talk to him. You know, most most guys, you know, would say, oh, you know, you're only 
a couple of wins away from 2,000 wins as a manager. And, you know, you, you the only thing on your resume missing is a World Series uh, win. And Dusty, you know, most guys would go, ah, I'm just in it because I love baseball, or I'm in it because these guys needed a manager after they cheated. Uh, not Dusty. He goes, yeah, I wouldn't come back if it wasn't for those records. So I give him credit. He says what he means. And he can talk with a toothpick in his mouth better than anybody. So what, what can you say about that? That is pretty good. So, you know, I'm not pulling for the Astros, um, but I am sort of pulling for Dusty. So who knows? The um, Again, I, every time I think of the Astros, I think of their owner, and it's like, come on, how did this guy stay in baseball? What a bozo. There are plenty of people that would like to buy a Major League Baseball team. Maybe before the uh, coronavirus destroyed the uh, stock market, uh, but, you know, things may be a little different from here on in until uh, the coronavirus uh, gets some vaccine that uh, gives people confidence that they can fight it off. Anyway, enough of uh, Dr. Kildare. We are on to bigger and better things in 2020. So let's talk a little bit about 2020 and who we think um, are going to uh, be teams to watch. I think that the uh, in the west of the National League, I think that the Padres will be pretty interesting, and the Dodgers will be, you know, my God, they got they got an All Star team. You could have an All Star game with the roster of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, how pathetic is that? Where's the balance in baseball? It be gone. Giants suck. The um, Diamondbacks are going to be pretty mediocre. And uh, so you're going to have the uh, Dodgers and the Padres, I think, battling it out. And the Padres are probably battling for a wild card spot. Uh, Speaking of the wild card, uh, I think we touched on this before, where Major League Baseball threw out a new format that they're potentially going to use, where the top two teams don't have to play that first round and the next team gets to pick who they play we'll have more on that if it ever becomes reality uh there's a collective bargaining negotiation that's going to be it's going to be coming up shortly and uh they've got a lot of things to talk about the uh, luxury tax and a lot of the rule changes there's some rule changes can be interesting to see how that pitch into three guys works that'll be different the 26 man roster will be interesting and um uh, the Dodgers and the Padres will be interesting. In the Central Division of the National League, you know who I'm going for. I think the uh, Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Reds will all take turns uh, trying to beat up on the Pittsburgh Pirates. So here's the key to the National League Central. You've heard it here first. This is my theory. Whoever plays better against the Pittsburgh Pirates wins the Central Division of the National League. Plain and simple. That's all you got to do. Watch the Pirates versus the Cubs. Pirates versus the Brewers. Pirates versus the Cardinals. Pirates versus the Reds. Whoever beats the Pirates wins the division. Boom. You heard it here. You can write it down. You can call me if we had call in. You could text me if I told you my number. And uh, be that as it may. I think that's how you determine the Central Division winner. In the East, you know, the Nationals are the defending World Series champs. They got Strasburg. Uh, 
Corbin, and Scherzer. Scherzer has a little ailing side, but I don't think that's a big deal. So I think the Nationals and the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies are going to battle it out. And whoever beats the Marlins more, same theory. If you The winning record against the Marlins, against all those teams, uh, wins the division. How about that for a simple analysis of baseball? Uh, it just dawned on me as, as I was talking. I mean, that's amazing. Imagine that. So, that's the National League, the American League. We'll start in the West. I love the Angels. The A's are interesting all the time. I mean, Billy Bean, how does he keep doing it? They got some great ballplayers, and Doug Melvin's a good manager. I don't know. They are a team of, I'm going to have to check and see what their payroll is. Uh, next week, we'll do a payroll segment because that's always interesting. Uh, at the next segment, we're going to do uh, the stats that I think are important and how important were they in 2019. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Who doesn't love statistics? It'll put you to sleep if you're listening to this late at night. If you're not, you're going to hear my leading statistics, runs scored, and the all-star team that you could make from the leaders of the runs scored, pitching, the whip, the all-star start, the all-star rotation with the leaders in the whip, plain and simple. These guys are the guys that ought to get paid more, have the biggest war, whatever the hell war is. So we're going to uh, we're going to look into that. We're going to uh, get back to the American League West, which I said the Angels and the A's and maybe the Rangers. I don't know. They're pretty boring. They'll have a new stadium though. Indoor baseball, uh, why, why they uh, didn't get to start there instead of Seattle, dumb. Maybe they will now as Major League Baseball moves the venue. Moving to the Central, eh, let's leave the Central. We'll come back to that. The East, you got the Yankees and the Rays. Now, the Rays are up, the, they are just like, look in the mirror, the Rays and the A's, A's, Rays, A's, Rays. They're both in need of a new stadium. They don't have it. They both have managers that are adequate but not spectacular. They both have payrolls that are low. They play to a limited number of people every year, and yet they keep up their record year in and year out. Now, the Oakland A's have Billy Bean. The Rays had Friedman. Now they just lost their second guy out of their front office. He went to Boston, I think to double check that but they just keep doing it keep doing it it's really it's spectacular i love it they're to be commended and uh, you're to be commended for listening to one of the longest segments in the history of podcasting but i'm so excited i mean it's almost baseball season uh talking about baseball i'm talking about food and i'm talking about pennant races now who is left central division of the American League. Um, you know, you got the Twins and the White Sox and the Indians. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, the rest of that division comprises the doggy doormat division that should go play themselves exclusively. The doggy doormat division, starting with the Royals and the Tigers. 
That's the doormat of the doggy division of the central. In the uh, doggy division of the rest of baseball, uh, the Orioles are doggy, have been. They have a good minor league, but so what? The Marlins, doggy. They have a good minor league team, but so what? The Blue Jays, I think, are borderline doggy. I think that the uh, Pirates are doggy. The Rockies, I don't know, man. They got the best, I think, one of the top three guys in baseball. And who would that be? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Number one, and and I do take questions and answers even from myself. Uh, Top player, clearly, Mike Trout. Second best player, in my opinion, Lynn Arenado. Third best player, hmm, probably Mookie Betts. Yeah. So, you know, Mookie and David Price go frolicking out to the West Coast for nothing, basically, in return to the Red Sox. Why couldn't the Cubs make that deal? Why in the world couldn't Theo get along with the Red Sox enough to pay half of David Price and get Mookie? Would have been great. Oh, my God. Or Castellanos or somebody. Instead of, we got the same crap. We're going to have Ian Hap crap. Strike out at bat crap. We're going to have Almora, who I think just needs to get his head on right. Could be great. We've got uh, John Philip Souza playing his uh, uh, whatever in the outfield. We got Schwarber, the DH, in left. And we got overpaid Hayward in right. Boy, how's that for an outfield for the Cubs? Huh? Hayward, Almora, Hap, Souza, Schwarby. Oh, oh. Oh, my goodness. Now, we have a major league infield with, you know, we got Bryant, Baez, nobody at second, and then we've got uh, Rizzo at first and uh, Contreras. So those guys are fine. We got no pitching. We got uh, old John Lester. Oh, my God. He gets slower every year. Not only velocity, but delivery to the plate. We're going to be one minute, one pitcher, one ball and play every five minutes. Then we got Quintana, who, God, he can be Sandy Koufax one day and Jamie Rescue the next. We got uh, Kyle Hendricks, who throws at 85, 86, 87. That if he's not precise and, and very um, crafty, a crafty righty, that doesn't happen very often. If he's crafty, uh, he could get by. You Darvish, oh, God only knows which you will show up. <laughs> but hopefully it's the U of the second half of the you you know he's who's on first U's on second no 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 that'd be good I like you I think he's coming back to earth and he'll be fine and uh, uh, other doggy teams yeah, the Mariners could be doggy um, you've got um, da, 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 da. I don't know I think I'm not looking at the uh, list right now so those are the doggy teams that I think of. The teams that are guaranteed not to finish over 500, um, that's too bad. But what do those fans do? I'm one of them. What are, you, what are you hoping for? As a Kansas City Royals fan, you hope that the weather's not terrible, the games go sort of quickly, and that 
they don't blow too many save opportunities. They just get clobbered early on. Now, you know the weather's not going to be great in April and May. You know that the games are going to be three hours plus, And you know that the game could end up not ever having a save situation. Matheny, the new manager, you know, I don't know. They didn't seem to have a happy ending in St. Louis. So that is that. I mean, this has been a fun day. This is a fun day. I think that um, I wanted to say something about the Cubs roster in addition to the putrid outfield and horrible pitching staff. And that is... There's a guy that got a, uh, I guess, a non-roster invite by the name of Rex Brothers. I saw him throw 100 pitches in the warming up to come into the game against the Rockies. And um, he's good. Gave up a couple runs in one inning. But he has pitched five or six games and given up no runs on those other games. They got to put this guy on the team. They probably won't, but they got him. He used to play for the Yankees. I think he sat out a year. It's the uh, all the, the Cubs go for an all Tommy John surgery team. Uh, if you had Tommy John surgery, the odds of you winding up rehabbing with the Cubs are great. You don't even have to think about playing. They'll sign you even if the prospect of you pitching – happens after your contract expires, that's the Cubs. And they have the same old pitching coach, the same old hitting coach. Nobody can name the hitting coach still. I've had two, now this is the second year, to name this guy. I can't tell you who it is. I cannot tell you who it is. I know that Tommy Hotovi, Hotovi, Hotamali, whatever his name is, pitching coach, he, you know, come on. Give me a Greg Maddox. Give me a Mike Maddox. Give me an any Maddox. Any Maddox will do. But, I mean, we are in for another crapola season of hitting, pitching, etc. So, to wrap up, I'm excited about the White Sox. I'm sort of excited because it's the start of the season and I have really good seats for the Cubs. I'm excited about Mark Burley's possibility getting into the Hall of Fame. And I'm excited that we're about to start the uh, the season. Now, I'm going to take a break. In the last segment, we'll be short, but I want to show you how, by the analysis and tracking of players that lead the leagues in, or their teams in runs scored, will be the best players going. And if you score 100 runs, you're studly. And then the other is the pitching. If your whip is below one, you're a stud. Doesn't happen very often. So let me take a break, grab my iPad, cheat a little bit, Google. None of this has been Googled up until now. We have been Google-proof for however long I've been talking. And uh, I listened to a competitor's podcast. A, it was boring. B, he didn't have a very good voice. C, he just wasn't very entertaining. And D, He went an hour and 50 minutes, so I said, you know, I'm going to beat that hour and 50 minutes, but not today. Not today. Today, I'm going to wrap up with the I told you so segment of the show. I told you if you looked at runs scored, you'd see nothing but great players. If you looked at whip, you'd see nothing but great pitchers. I'm going to get that, pull that up, get right back to you in a few minutes, because this is the lighter side of baseball, 
and baseball's creeping up on us, folks. Two weeks to go until the opening day, which is like no other day during the year until the closing day when the Cubs clinch. Okay, we'll be back. And back we are. We took a little break while the internet got fixed here at the studio. And in the meantime, there's all sorts of stuff going on with uh, COVID-19. And uh, not to make light of it at all, don't misinterpret my comments because I'm not making light of uh, the coronavirus. There are a number of travel restrictions that went into place tonight, uh, delivered by the uh, Commander-in-Chief, President of the uh, United States, and uh, some other things that came up during the break. The NCAA announced that it would not allow fans in the arena for March Madness. The Big 12 followed suit and irritated a number of people down in the entertainment district in Kansas City, but that's the way it goes. There'll be uh, no fans at the uh, Big 12 tournament. Home field advantage kind of doesn't mean much when there's nobody in the arena, but better safe than sorry, as the folks in Italy are finding out. So I think the, uh, you know, the approach is to try to contain and mitigate. That's a good idea. So that's it on the healthier side of baseball. Right now, uh, you know, I'm posing to a number of my listeners whether or not they would go to a baseball game. And I suppose part of that is how you get there. The other part is, you know, you go to opening day at a major league ballpark, and that's 40,000 people. I uh, every political candidate, of which there are apparently three left, that would be uh, Trump, that would be Bernie, and Joe, have all canceled their uh, rallies. So I'm not sure what Major League Baseball is going to do, but with the NBA announcing tonight that they are suspending the season until the coronavirus situation clears up, uh, that's serious stuff. So... You know, it's hard to uh, think about too much else with respect to uh, opening day until they get the uh, virus under control. So I was going to go back over and and talk about the uh, leaders in uh, major leagues last year and runs scored. Uh, Just to be brief and not dwell on it, but give you a flair for my stat that is incredibly significant and telling. Uh, number one, Mookie Betts. Number two, Rafael Devers. Acuna Jr. was number three. Simeon with Oakland was number four. Bregman, the cheater, was number five. Bellinger, the guy that got robbed of a World Series, was six. Rendon, who won the World Series, was seven. Freeman, eight. Blackman, 9, and Jonathan VR was 10th. So there you have that. And, uh, you know, Trout didn't play the whole year, so he was like 14th. But he scored over 100 runs. You go all the way down to the last guy to score 100 runs, Christian Yelich. So you score 100 runs, you're a big-time player. Let's look at the uh, pitching. And my favorite stat with pitching, as you all know, is whip. Let's just see. The leaders in whip, <laughs> it's pretty funny. 
It's so telling. It's such a good statistic. Number one, Justin Verlander. Number two, Garrett Cole, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Number three, Jacob deGrom. Number four, Zach Greinke, cheater, cheater. Now, you know, they said that there wasn't any cheating going on in 2019, if anybody believes that. I've got uh, five or six Babe Ruth balls to sell. Uh, number five was Ryu, six Scherzer, seven Strasburg. So there you have like five guys in the World Series. Verlander, Cole, Granke, Scherzer, Strasburg that were in the top seven. Do I need to say anything else? Am I an incredible analyst? You have to draw your own conclusions. I have fun doing this even in light of a pandemic. I'm not making light of the pandemic. Uh, in fact, I'm taking it seriously and suspending any air travel for the foreseeable future. However, I will take my podcasting gear to our backup studio in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we'll see what we can do in regards to coming up with a little entertainment on the lighter side of baseball, because right now in these kind of times, you need some entertainment. So... For On the Lighter Side of Baseball and some of our sponsors that don't know there are sponsors yet, we thank you for listening. We again urge you to uh, spread the word. We're on SoundCloud, and uh, you search on SoundCloud. It's a little weird. You search On the Lighter Side of Baseball on, uh, pod, on the Apple iTunes podcast and on Spotify. It's just The Lighter Side of Baseball. I don't know why. But that's it. Um, I'm trying to contact Craig Kashan, my good friend, who does the pregame and postgame with the Bucks. If I get a hold of him tomorrow, maybe we'll do another podcast uh, together since uh, all of a sudden with the NBA suspending the season for the time being, he's got some free time. So maybe we'll do that. That would be fun. Anyway, for the time being, Jamie Uretzky on the lighter side of baseball, wishing you safe travel good health, and stay upbeat because we're going to beat this virus. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.